Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. exciting things that are happening. We do have some exciting things happening in the month of October. Uh, we have a concert on October 29th at 6.30 p.m. That's a Saturday. It'll be here. And the very next day, we have a chili cooking contest. And there are sign-up sheets out there. You can put a description on there. You can see um, Jim, he put a description on there. He said, it's the best chili ever. And then I wrote my description better than Jim's chili. Um, and then, <laughs> and, and yeah, true. I got first place last year. I think the voting was rigged. No. <laughs> I think I helped count the votes. So yeah, the voting was definitely rigged. <laughs> yeah, next, this year we'll have someone else count the votes, make sure that it, it's, yeah, Millie, we'll, help, we'll have you help us count the votes so it's not me involved with that. I had no, I, I, every doubt in my mind that I was going to win. So that's what's coming up uh, the, the 29th and 30th. It's going to be a fun time. Um, and then out there you'll notice a sign-up sheet for 10 days of fasting. Um, it's not full days. It's eight-hour shifts. There's like 30 shifts over 10 days. So like um, you can do multiple shifts. You can do uh, you can do multiple days. You can do a whole day if you want to. But uh, sign up and let's let's fast together as a church, and uh, we can carry the weight to do it together. So that's what builds unity. <sighs> well, we've been in Romans for I think forever. We're on Romans chapter sixteen. It's the last one today, um, and. Uh, I'm excited about Romans chapter 16 for multiple reasons. My ADD gets to me sometimes, and I just like, consistency is a hard thing in my book, okay? Like, <laughs> to finish something that you start sometimes is really difficult. And we made it through. We powered through Romans, and there was some good stuff in there. Did, you, did anyone enjoy Romans? I did. I really enjoyed Romans. Um, and I will say this. It, it caused me to study the Bible deeper. And I think that that's what we should do as Christians. There should be times in our life where like, we need to grow. And so for me, it was a time of growth to learn new ways of studying the Bible. And you're like, what do you mean new ways? I don't know, just like being a little bit more critical of the interpretation and reading the original text. And, and it, it opened my eyes to some different things. And I'm excited to share with you Romans chapter 16. But let's just, in this conclusion here, for today, let's look what we saw in Romans 1 through 8. Paul called them out, right? He was like, Hey, he's like, abstain from those things, don't continue in sin. So it called us out in Romans 1 through 8. And then we see in Romans 9 through 11, what blew my mind in that one the biggest thing, probably, that impacted me the most was when the commentary said most people skip over these chapters. And I was like, But why? <laughs> Is it all scripture? 
given for instruction and reproof and correction and doctrine and, and all those things. And, and why, would, why would 9 through 11 be skipped over? And, and to me, like, I looked at it as it was calling laborers to the harvest. And I, I saw another person um, talking about it, and they were like, well, it's just for the Jewish people. And I was like, I disagree. I think it was for the Gentiles to reach the Jewish people. <laughs> I think Paul was writing, hey, my brothers and sisters are lost, and I need you to get into the field and labor. And so that's how I viewed 9 through 11, calling laborers in the harvest. And then the final chapters, 12 through 16. Um, so some of the things that we've talked about recently, I, last week was, I know I preach every week kind of to a certain point, but like last week I feel like I really got to preach and this week I feel like I'm really going to get to preach. And so he kind of recaps some of what has already been said in Romans 12 through 16. And so I've enjoyed going through this study and uh, because it's, it's caused me to look at the Bible differently. It's caused me to, to read the Bible differently. And I had someone ask me last week, I think it was Jennifer, she was like, so what's next? And I was like, good point, good question. I was like, well, God's been dealing with me about some different things. And uh, I was like, so I said, I don't have a series that we're going to do, like going right into it. I have one that I'm working on. And I said, but I don't want to do that yet. And, uh, but there's been some other things that God's put on my heart. And so I'll give you this brief. If you want to, um, if you want to look ahead and maybe where I'll be next week, you can look and you can find that passage where it says, here I am, send me, read that story. And you'll have an idea of where I'm, <laughs> where I'm at. And then the week, like I have, like there was just a couple things in prayer last night that like kind of along the lines that were my heart has been and I, I'm so I'm excited that's the next that's kind of the next thing so I'm not going to jump into another book of the Bible and we're not going to do that I'm just going to preach because sometimes I feel like well what does the Bible say it's the foolishness of preaching that saves the lost I don't I don't want to be so like um uh eloquent and uh educated that uh the lost aren't saved <laughs> um there's that story in the Bible where they were like they recognized the, the apostles had been with Jesus, like, by the way they talked. They knew that they were unlearned men, but they knew that they had been with Jesus. If there's anything that I want my testimony to be is that people will know that I have been with Jesus. That, that's what I want. That's, that's what every Christian should want is that we have been with Jesus and we're changed forever. So today I'm going to preach this final chapter of Acts chapter 16 and maybe you went ahead and you were a good student this week and you started to read it and you're like how is he gonna preach all them names well I'm gonna skip those okay <laughs> it's just saying hello okay <laughs> if you're wondering what it is it's Paul saying hello and all those things um and so I'm gonna I could like all the way to verse 15 it was like hellos right in Romans chapter 16 but then like Verse 16 tells us something. It says to greet your brother with a holy kiss. And I was like, I'm not even going to dig into that today. I don't feel like starting anything new in the church. You know, like I want it to be done in excellence. And we're not going to start the greeting your brother with a holy kiss today. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. It's okay to laugh. <laughs> but I will start with verse 17. And this kind of leads into the message. I want to pray before we get started. God, I pray that you would touch us today, that you would move. God, I pray that you would touch me, God, to preach your word, God, as you've intended. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, verse 17, let's read this. 
I like what Paul says here. He could have he could have ended his whole letter to the Romans. See you later. You know, God be with you. God bless you. But he doubles down on what he's been talking about right here in this very verse, this very next verse. He says, "Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles contrary to the teaching that you learned. Avoid them." The big thing I see there is watch out. Watch out for those that would cause division. The church should not be causing division. We should be in unity, right? We should be in one mind and one accord. And so what I see here is that I know that God's word is concrete. He's like, don't go against God's word. What you've been taught. He goes, don't let anyone else divide you and, and make it be something else. He goes, God's word is God's word. And, and stop trying to figure out another way around it. And he's like, Watch out for those people. We're to mark those that would be preaching a false doctrine. And so I, if I should ever begin to preach something that is not in God's word, I give you permission to say something. I, I want you, I, I, not that you need it, but like I, I expect you, the expectation of the church is if I start to preach something that's not in the Bible, hey, Zach, I don't think that's in the Bible. <laughs> I am absolutely okay with it. I will appreciate it. You know what? Unless, because here's the thing, is if I go too far for too long, then I start to slip, and then I start to tell you you're wrong. I will sit down and sit down and look at the Bible with you, and we will discuss it. But I need the church to make sure that I am preaching God's word. So don't just because I get up and preach it, accept it. Because I make mistakes, okay? <laughs> I expect you to study God's word just as I study God's word so that we can correct each other when it comes to studying God's word because I make mistakes and so do you. So I am in need of my brothers and sisters to say, hey, did you mean this when you said this? And I'll be like, absolutely not. I did not. There have been times that people took it differently than what I meant. And I'm like, well, that's, oh man, that is, yeah, that's definitely not even in the Bible. And there have been times that I have preached things that were dead wrong. Not in this church. That was when I was younger. And no one said anything to me. And I was like, <laughs> later on in life, I was like, man, I remember this message. Oh, man, it was so good. And I went and I, I found it and I started listening to it. I was like, oh, Lord, why did no one say something to me? That was terrible. <laughs> I need you to read God's word so that you make sure I stay in God's word. I'm going to do my best. But hey, every human has faults. Don't listen to someone who tickles your ear. The last thing I want to be is a person who just like makes you feel good about yourself. The last thing I want to do is be a person that just, oh, gives you, like, I want to give hope. But sometimes hope comes in the form of triggering your heart to follow God's word. Sometimes hope is change. Sometimes hope is repentance. Sometimes hope is changing and turning away from the things that I've been and going into a new walk with God. That's what hope is. It's not, it, it's to know that there is an opportunity for something greater. There's never, you're never too late for God. You're never too far gone for God. He still loves you. His word says that it's not his will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So listen to God's word and let it trigger your heart. That's what we should be looking for, not someone to make us feel good, not someone to entertain us. And I want to make you laugh. <laughs> that's, the, that's fun for me, okay? Like, 
It makes me feel good about myself when y'all laugh, so I don't feel bad about laughing. <laughs> Verse 18, it says, because such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words. So let, let, let that scripture sink in for just a, a second. They don't serve God is what it just said. They sound good and they look good, but they don't serve God. They serve themselves. And I've said this before. I believe that we are to be generous givers, but I am not the type that's going to get up here and tell you, hey, if you just, you know, give, you know, a dollar a day that, that God's going to fix your problems. That's, that's not how God's work. He's not a vending machine that you get your problems like is it principle to give? Absolutely. We should be generous and we should give. Absolutely. But, <clears throat> but when I look at this, it, it's, it, that's not all that there is. You can manipulate God's word to fit your agenda. And Paul was warning. He was like, hey, don't be unsuspecting. Be suspicious. <laughs> be suspecting of what's going on. Make sure you study God's word so someone doesn't manipulate it and make it sound good. And then you buy into something that is not true. So those that preach something other than Jesus, they're doing it for themselves. When we do that, we serve ourselves, And we are in need of a savior. And there have been times I've come to the realization that I've taken a scripture and messed up the meaning of it. And then I have to go back and fix that, like, because that's not correct. That's not what the Bible and God's word intended to be, for it to be interpreted. I twisted it because I took it out of context. So you have to be suspecting. What's that mean? Be suspicious. I remember, like, who remembers that game um, Among Us? <laughs> that, I don't know. I feel like if you're, like, you know, 15 and or maybe 17 and younger, you, you understand that game. You know? like, I loved that game. It was really fun. <laughs> I even like maybe even bought a costume for my guy one time. You know, like <laughs> I still have it downloaded on my phone. If anyone's still playing it, I'll, I'll play. <laughs> really. Um, but anyways, in this game, you have like, I don't know, it's like maybe 10 guys. They're on a spaceship. And there's one guy, and he is the intruder. Okay, and he is the guy that runs around and he kills the other guys, you know, secretly and he tries to hide everything and, and all this stuff and, and he tries to mess up the ship and, you know, anyways, everyone else's job is to do their tasks and to figure out who the suspect or who the, who the intruder is, okay, and who the, who the suspect is. And so the word was like sus, right? Oh, this person, you're sus. Like, so have you ever wondered why your kids said, Stop being so sus, mom or dad. Like, that's why it was because of Among Us. Okay, I think maybe, maybe it was, they had to shorten it because, like, you only had so long to vote for people. So sus, you know, he's sus. Um, but as Christians, we should be looking for the intruder, looking for the false doctrine. We should be, hey, you know what? I'm a little, I'm a little suspecting of what's going on right here. I don't think that this is God's word. We have got to make sure, and the only way you can do that is to study God's word. It's on you. I can't study God's word for you. I'll give you what I've got from God's word, but it's on you to study God's word. So I don't want to manipulate anything to fit my agenda. I don't want to be a smooth talker and eloquent to make you feel good. I want to be anointed by God. Just because someone sounds good does not mean it's God. 
just because it sounds nice and it all flows together and they have all the cool words that come with it does not mean that it was anointed by God. People can just be good speakers. People can just be good talkers. And I, those car salesmen can sell me a car. I'm just a sucker when it comes to sales and ads, though. You all know that. Facebook comes on and gives me an advertisement, and I'm like, I've never seen this product in my life. And I think, yes, it would change my life. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I've had good things spoken over me that I know were not from God. People come up. I had preacher come up to me and pray for me, and he's like, what do you need from God? And he was one of those guys who advertised, you know, being a prophet or being a healer and all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm not into that. You don't need to advertise it to me. If it's true, it'll just happen. You don't need to tell me what's happened in the past. Just, just let God do his thing, okay? It's not you anyway. So he gets up and he, he comes up to me and he's like, the word promotion. And at the time, the job that I had, and you're like, well, maybe, maybe you justify, you know, three years down the road, I got a promotion and changed jobs and things like that. However, I don't, <laughs> I don't look at it like that. The guy came up to me and he was like, what do you need from God? I was like, God said everything's going pretty good. I mean, there was things, there was a thing in my life. And you know what? Maybe it was on me. I should have told him. And maybe he would have prayed for me and God would have fixed it. But I don't know, me and God, we got a thing right now, okay? And that's what we're dealing with. <laughs> In this moment, though, he was like, I, I, well, I feel the word promotion. And he started, God gave him the promotion at work in favor with his boss. And the job that I had at the time, <laughs> absolutely zero opportunities for promotion. Matter of fact, like, the only promotion you got was the 1% raise every year. Okay, I was a surgical tech. I'm like, you're not going to promote me to surgeon? <laughs> it don't work that way. Like, I mean, there's, there's nothing else you can do. Like, when you're a surgical tech, I mean, yes, there's sometimes you can... You know, be a lead surgical tech, but last thing I want to be is a lead. That's more work. I don't go to work to, to work. I go to work to get paid. <laughs> Anyways, he had good intentions, and he was well-meaning, but the thing was is he didn't need to say that to me. You don't have to give a word to someone every single time you talk to them. Every time you pray for someone, you don't have to give them a word. You want God to give them a word, not you. And so I've heard things spoken over groups of people that just didn't sit well with me. I was like, there was something there that just, what they're doing, I, like, I don't see it in the Bible. And it just like, kind of turns my stomach. We should recognize those things. If it just seems off, ask a question. Is this right? Like, this don't seem right to me. If it don't look right, if it don't feel right, if it don't see, it might not be right. So I want it to be God. When we come into church, and we worship, I want it to be God. I don't want it to be because the beat is good and the tune is good and the singers are good. I want it to be because God is good. I want us to lift our hands and worship him and clap our hands and give God all the praise that he's due because he's worthy of it. So just because something goes wrong, I want you to know this. It doesn't mean that God hates you or that the devil is doing it. Maybe God is trying to stop you. And just because something good happens in your life, doesn't necessarily mean that it's God. Let's look at this guy. We're going to jump back to the Old Testament for a minute. And we're going to talk about Balaam. You can find this guy's story in Numbers 22 through 25. And he was not a false prophet, 
but he was a wicked prophet. God gave him some words to say to people, but he was also in it for the money, and he was also in it to, to, for his agenda. But he wasn't a false prophet. He was a wicked prophet. God did speak to him, and God did give him words, but he allowed it to be for his gain. So Numbers 22, verse 7 says, The elders of Moab and Midian departed with fees for divination in hand. They came to Balaam and reported Balak's words to him. He said to them, spend the night here and I will give you the answer the Lord tells me. So the officials of Moab stayed with Balaam. So I was confused at this point because I really didn't know who this guy was. I didn't know who Balaam was. And I was like, I think it's interesting that he says the Lord here and it's all capitalized and the Lord there is Jehovah in the Hebrew and I was kind of like, well, why is he even considering cursing God's people? Like, he's like one of them, right? Like, what, what's his deal? Like, he'd be willing to curse them. So I was confused for a second. And I was looking for it. And, 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 and this right here, it says that they departed with fees for divination. They were looking for a witch is basically what this says. They weren't looking for the prophet. They were looking because they knew that when he said someone was blessed, they were blessed. And when he, they also knew that when he would curse people, they were cursed. And so he was the king of Moab was asking Balaam to go and curse the Israelites because they had come into the territory and they were greater than his kingdom. And he was like, they're going to fight me <laughs> and they're going to wipe me out. So I want this guy to go curse them. And the very first thing here that just blows my mind, okay, this guy who is a prophet, or not a prophet, he is, he, well, yes, he is, he's, he's, a, he's a wicked prophet. Um, he lets the guys stay in the house. Like, he knows what they're there for. But he, he lets them spend the night here. And there's a lot of times, like, we let the enemy sleep in the house. You know what, you know, okay, Okay, well, I don't like what the devil, like, I don't like the devil, but you know what, like this idea, this temptation that I've got, maybe, maybe that is for me. You know what, why don't you just stay there for the night? Rather than saying, I rebuke you in Jesus' name and get out of my house, we like to keep him around, like, as a friend, because I, for whatever reason, like, there's a chance for gain, financial gain, and the love of money is the root of all wickedness. I mean, like, like, there's a whole lot of things that you could take from Balaam here, but here's one of the things. So in verse 9, it says, Then God came to Balaam and asked, Who are these men with you? Balaam replied to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent these mess this message to me. Look, a people has come out of Egypt, and they cover the surface of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me, I may be, that I may be able to fight against them and drive them away. Then God said to Balaam, You are not to go with them. You are not to curse this people, for they are blessed. Ooh, I like that. This is what God says about his people. You're not to curse them, for they are blessed. And so he got his word. But you know what? Balaam was just stupid. So they go back to the king, and then they come back. We're like, hey, we got some more money for you. You know, like, if you could do this. And he's like, well, let me go see what God says. Why don't you stay the night again? Balaam, what is wrong with you? You got to hear the voice of God and you're questioning it? And how many of us are like, oh, if I could just hear the audible voice of God, I would have it all figured out. <laughs> Balaam, who heard the audible voice of God, didn't have it figured out and was still tempted by the enemy. 
Isn't that the, like, that's just mind-blowing, okay? So, like, the enemy is still going to tempt you. You're still going to be like, okay, you know what? Why don't you cozy on up over here, and you're going to make a bed for him, and go ahead and let him stay there. There is something wrong with this picture right here, don't you think? For me, there is. <laughs> so Balaam, he was dumb, saw the money and the offering that they had, and he let him stay in his house again, and Balaam eventually goes with him. Sad story. Goes with him. But it's beautiful scripture right here. Like when, when, when Balaam's donkey, like if you guys don't know the story of Balaam, y'all need to read Numbers 22, 23, 24, 25. It's like his story, okay? And you need to read this story and read what happens, okay? That, that he's leading his donkey, right? And then the donkey like stops going because it sees the angel of the Lord. Balaam, who is this wicked prophet, is so dumb and blinded by his own self, he can't see the angel of the Lord. And the donkey is trying to fight him, and he's like ready to kill the donkey. And the donkey says to him, says something to him. And, and he, instead of like questioning and being like stop, taken back by the fact that this donkey is talking to him, he responds to the donkey. Okay, now there's something wrong with this. Balaam, you're talking to your donkey. And it's like... So I just, I say this, if God can use a donkey, he can certainly use me and you, okay? Like there is, there's Bible, okay? If you're worried that you can't feel, fulfill the mission of God, there it is. A donkey did it once before, you can too. <laughs> oh, I'm just having fun, okay? If God can use a donkey, he can use you. The problem here was that Balaam was not obedient to God. If you don't have submission to God, you will never have dominion over the enemy. You will never have access to the promise of God. You will never have access. If you don't have submission to God, you don't have access to the power that gives you dominion over the enemy. So if you don't have submission, then you have no authority. Even when uh, there was uh, the Roman centurion who comes to Jesus and he goes, I know that you're a, a man under authority. I'm a man under authority. And if you just speak it, my daughter will be healed. And Jesus was like, I've not seen this much faith in all the land. So many times we're looking for someone to put their hand on us when really we just need a word spoken in our lives. We just need God to speak into our lives, to speak into the dry bones. God, bring life to me. God, bring the bones back again. That story of Elisha, I think it's Elisha, maybe it's someone else, Ezekiel, um, and the valley of dry bones. Man, that is powerful as the bones become together. And as God begins to breathe life into them, an army rises up. There is an army sitting right here in this place today and it's locked up within you there is an army that's ready to rise up and you just need a word from God to breathe into you life again God changes everything so you'll never have you'll never hold to the promise without obedience check out this next scripture in Romans and it's verse 19 it says the report of your obedience has reached everyone. Therefore, I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and yet innocent about what is evil. Now, this next verse right here, like, I'm like one of those kind of people that sometimes are like, ooh, I want to shout. You know, like, uh, this scripture right here, like, should make you want to pick up your feet and move, take another step. Listen to this in verse 20. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan 
under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. There is just something about that scripture, but I cannot have God crush Satan under my feet if I don't first have obedience to his word. He was doubling down on everything that he said. Continue in your obedience. We've heard about your obedience. We love your obedience. Be obedient to the word of God. When it says to repent and to be baptized in Jesus' name, to be filled with his spirit, then I want to be obedient to the word of God because it's what changes. It's what crushes Satan under my feet when I'm obedient to him. I like that kind of stuff. You don't get to lay claim to the promise unless you are obedient and submitted to God's word. You want real power? They were looking for real power when they went to go find Balaam. They were looking for real power, and the world is still today looking for real power. You see it in all the movies that are produced. People have this, like, infatuation with the undead and, and, and vampire. Like, I, I mean, I like a good scary movie. I don't like scary movies. I'll be honest. I hate scary movies. I scream. They scare me. But you, you, see, you see these people, like, like, back when I was a kid, Man, there was this one movie that came out. I remember it. It was like demons in this house. And I'm like, y'all like to watch that? Like, I mean, like, I get it. You know, like, everybody's got their thing. But I'm like, there's just people that are looking for power. And they see the power associated. There is power in the enemy. He does have a level of power. But the power that is associated with Jesus Christ, the power to crush the enemy under my feet, I want to take my next step because that next step may be the one that crushes his head. It may be the one I heal. I want to put my foot on his head. I want to make hell unhappy when I get up out of bed in the morning. Oh, you want real power? You need Jesus. When you submit your life to him and your, to your, your life to his will, your will becomes his will. This word here, crush. Um, in the in the Greek, it was suntribo, S Y N T R I B O. I had to get one Greek word in today. Figuring it's the last one. I got to get one Greek word in because it was a good one. And it meant more than crush, to like shred the enemy, to like tear, just like tear him up. And I'm like, man, I like this word crush now. It means a whole lot more than just crushing a can. It, it meant a whole lot more than, you know, just like, you know, when you take your, your aluminum can out and you crush it. No, it's like you just like obliterated the can. It's just like, bam. Like, can you like, that is the power that I want in my life. That whenever I'm feeling down or when the devil's throwing his, his fiery darts at me, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take that next step of faith. And when I do it, it messes up with his game plan because he's got an idea of what he's going to do. He's going to tempt you with what he knows he can tempt you with. He's going to try and sow the seed of doubt in your mind and tear you down the best he can because he knows that's what's worked. He's always used this like set of tactics in your life. So when you begin to give God praise and you begin to worship him in spite of what the enemy is doing, it changes things because the enemy's like, well, now I'm confused. Because that's always worked. It's always gotten them depressed. It's always gotten them to give up on God. To say, God, why, what's wrong with you, God? What, like, and instead of looking at us and be like, what's wrong with me, God? <laughs> We're like, what's wrong with God? <laughs> the very end of this passage, Paul ends with praise. 
glory to God. Verse 25, it says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation about Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, kept silent for long ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic scripture, according to the command of the eternal God to advance the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever. Amen. I need to take my next step. You need to take your next step. You may sit here today and you're like, well, I'm not really sure what my next step is. Or maybe you're like sitting here like, oh, man, that's just like slapping me up in the face. Because I know I've been, God's been dealing with me about a next step. And I know exactly what that next step is. But like I've been trying to reason with God. Like, God, are you really sure you want me to do that? Trust me, I've been there. It's okay. <laughs> Take the step. It's okay. Take the step. Maybe you're like, you've been questioning God's word. Like, is God, is God, is this really God's word? Is God, does God really care about me? Does he really love me? Why would I be here if God loved me? Maybe you need to take that next step and just put a little bit of faith in him and see if he doesn't fulfill his promise in you. You're like, well, I, you know, I don't even have a relationship with God. And the very first thing, you know, is coming to the belief that, that Jesus Christ is your savior. That's the very first thing. And then, and then it kind of gives you that ability to repent. Okay, I see it now. I need, to, I need to make some changes in my life. God, I'm sorry for the sin that I've done. And you repent. And that next thing, that next step, maybe you've done all those things and you're like, well, what, what's this baptism thing? Like, tell, tell me what baptism exactly. Who, I've seen a lot of things about baptism. I don't really know what baptism you're talking about. I'm talking about like when we dunk you in the water. I heard a story. I'm going to share it with you. I just heard it the other day. It was really funny. This guy, he was starting a church. It's a true story. Because <laughs> I heard it from the guy who it happened to. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's, he's telling, he's like this person. He's like, I just, he's like, when, I want to be baptized. He's like, but when you baptize me, I want you to hold me underwater. And he was like, okay, for how long? And he was like, when I, when I wiggle my arms, he's like, that's when I want you to pull me up. Well, his wife and the wife of the guy that was getting baptized, he didn't share that information with them. <laughs> and there's kind of a thing with baptism. It's kind of like, boom, and you come back up like real quick. And you're like, everybody lifts their hands and praises God, you know, like all that. Well, so like, you know, <laughs> he goes to baptize him, puts him under the water and holds him. And his wife, like, and his wife and that lady, they were kind of like, oh, like, oh, Jesus. Like, you know. <laughs> and he holds him on the water. He's like, what felt like 40 minutes, which was probably like five or six seconds. And he just gives me the wiggle on his wrist. And he's like, I was afraid I maybe missed it. Like, I don't know. I've never done this before. I don't want to miss the signal. <laughs> So, you know, I ain't holding anyone under the water. <laughs> he brings him up and his wife was like, what was that? 
They get in the car after church, and she's like, what was that? So baptism is not playing submarine with the pastor. It's, we, we, put you under, we put you under the water. We bring you back up, and you're like, well, that sounds silly. I know it is, but it's the most powerful thing ever. The remission of sins, the forgiveness, washing away. It's a beautiful thing. So baptism is an awesome thing. Changes lives. God changes lives. And then the filling of his spirit, man, I'll tell you what, if you want access to power, be full of him. Be full of his spirit. So, what's your next step? You have got to look. And you've got to look at your life and be like, well, I'm going to take ownership for this next thing. God, wherever you want me to go, I'm going to go. It's not easy taking a step of faith. It's not easy to move into uncharted territory. But when you do, like, I imagine it as an advancement on the enemy's job. Imagine it as what he's done to you all your life. You are now laying claim to what was rightfully yours. He was living rent-free in your life. And now you're starting to lay claim to territory. So you know what it also brings? Yes, it brings a target on your back when you start to take steps of faith. But it is the most rewarding thing. Paul said, I die daily. Paul said, there's a thorn in my flesh. Paul was not, he was not willing to stay silent. He wasn't willing to sit there. And he was, he was encouraging the people of God. Let's be encouragers. Let's be life builders. Let's encourage one another and build up the kingdom of God rather than tear it down. Rather than to be divisive, let's be builders of the faith. Let's encourage one another in God. Because that is where hope is found. That is where lives are changed. I'm so thankful for God. Now, I want to I share this with you. I had a person talk to me the other day. And they were like, you know what? I would, I would come up to the altar. But I'm afraid because the camera is up there. I just want you all to know the camera actually gets turned off. You may see it's still moving around. But the camera is not actually on the live stream anymore. We put a little screen up. Carl takes care of that. And he puts a little screen up so you don't see people that come up here and get prayed for. So the whole world ain't going to know that you're getting prayed for. Even if they did, maybe it would be a witness to someone. But you don't have to be afraid of that. I just want to make sure I remove any barrier because I believe that God wants to do something in people's lives. That, that we have got to be tired of staying in this same mode. That we've got to go to the next place that God wants for us. I've got to have a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because that's what drives me as a Christian. I've got to desire to be fed by his spirit. God, I need you more today than I did yesterday. God, I'm going to need you next week. And so I need to double down today. God, I need your strength today. Everyone in here is not without need of him. We serve a mighty God. We serve a powerful God. If there's anything you could ever do in your life that would make life easy, we'd do it in a heartbeat. But yeah, when it comes Coming to God, we want to question every little detail. We want to question every little thing when it comes to taking the next step in our faith. Instead of questioning everything and needing all of the information, why don't you try using your faith, the measure of faith 
that was given to you. We read about that in Romans, I think it's six or seven, that every man is given a measure of faith. That's you. You have a measure of faith within you to overcome what you've been going through. You have a measure of faith to overcome doubt, to overcome fear, to overcome the burdens of life, to overcome addiction, to overcome uh, the things that you've been struggling with. You have the measure of faith that you need to come out from among them and be separate. You have that measure of faith already implanted within you. And it's time that you go ahead and take action on that faith and see what God has for you. So today, as I play this song, I want you to come. If you feel comfortable coming to the altar, I want you to come to the altar and I want you to get what you need from God today because he is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care where you've been. All he cares about is right now, this moment in time, this place, this time right now, God wants to touch you. He wants to move in your life. If you need a touch from God, don't wait. Come up here and let's pray together. Let's build each other up. God, I pray you would move right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank